With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The last one standing, two hands in the air, I'm a champion. You'll be looking up at me when it's over. I live for the battle, I'm a soldier. Yeah, I'm a fighter like Rocky. Put your flag on your back like Ali. Yeah, I'm the greatest, I'm stronger. Bet my dude can't lose, I'm a own ya. Hey, I've been working my whole life. And I got to keep up with the live scores, but I didn't actually get to watch the play. Yeah, the live scores help out a little bit. They actually had uh, the live stream of both games. Uh, One of them was live streamed on Facebook. That was interesting. And then the other one was uh, live streamed on YouTube. Uh, But uh, if you haven't watched the live stream game as of yet, the championship game should be live streamed as well. Uh, There's... Teams are doing a little bit better when they do the live stream. It's getting better and better as we go along here. So you get a chance to watch the game. It's a good, good way to do it. So, Tessa, you, uh, you've had some experience back east with a couple of those teams, Boston and D.C., haven't you? I have. Not necessarily with Boston, but with D.C., yes. Yeah. Were you surprised to see uh, Boston take down D.C. for – to head back to the championship? I mean, not really, because uh, when I was with D.C., they were very much in a rebuilding stage where a lot of their veteran players had retired. And so this is kind of like their second their second year since winning the championship. So I still feel like in some small way, they're still kind of really solidifying their core. I gotcha. I got you. And Boston, on the other side of that, uh, Boston's been a solid team for several years running now, haven't they? 
Right. And Boston's still very hungry because I think 2013 or 2014 was the last time they won or even went to the championship. So they're very much still hungry and they're very much still a solid core team. Like none of their vets, I don't think, um, are on the brink of retiring until they get that ring. And because they're so close, it still keeps you hungry and keeps you wanting to come back for more. I gotcha. I gotcha. Now, uh, Strick, you played against Kansas City, obviously, and you know, uh, you know what kind of team they were. Were you at all surprised to see the score there with LA? I was honestly a little surprised when I first saw it, but you know, looking back at some of the scores and some of the stuff that LA was doing. It didn't surprise me that they they got down to it when it came down to crunch time. Yeah, I, I uh, you know I was thinking about it as I was watching the game that LA probably had the healthier of the two teams just because of all the, you know, KC had some pretty tough games and LA had a abbreviated schedule over there. So um, exactly. I imagine it was. I, I wonder how they traveled over there. I didn't check and see how they traveled over to KC, but. We know how that can have a little effect on us, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we do. <laughs> Nothing like getting off a bus and going and playing a game right away, right? Yeah, we'll just we'll leave that one as tried and true. Yeah, <laughs> never doing that one again. That's for me. <laughs> yeah, we did what we had to do, so didn't we? So, hey, we still battled, uh, even though... Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was now. I gotta say, I was a little bit surprised to see Atlanta, uh, you know, in the previous round get beat pretty handily there. Uh, yes. They seemed to be a pretty tough team when we went down there. I was pretty surprised to see that happen to them, but it can it can happen on any given day on women's football, right? That's true. I mean. In some ways, though, I really was not surprised because as much as I say that D.C. is in a rebuilding state still, they are still fairly solid. Like, their quarterback studied for a long time underneath their previous quarterback, who is amazing. (laughs) Um, And I feel like even though Atlanta, yes, is solid, they are also rebuilding. But I feel like they are a younger team than D.C. overall. So I honestly I can't say that I was fully surprised. Maybe I was surprised at the at the gap margin that was in that score. Like I expected maybe Atlanta to score a little bit yeah. more, but Atlanta very yeah. much is rebuilding more so than DC. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, do you know anything about the other teams? The uh, so like the Division two teams there, Tess. I know you were. You've been around? Um, I mean, it uh, depends uh, on uh, what teams you're talking about. Because when I was with the Detroit Dark Angels, they are Division Two, So I have played a lot of the Northeast yeah. Division Two teams. Um, and I have friends on some of the Southeast Division Two teams. Gotcha. I guess so, um, I was shocked to see Columbus come back. Because I've always felt like Columbus – isn't as strong as they actually are. Like, I think I, I underestimate Columbus a lot. Um, yeah. 
And I was shocked to see that they beat the Phantoms. I didn't realize that the Phantoms were in such a kind of power struggle with themselves. Um, It's kind of sad to see because I was really kind of rooting for the Phantoms. The Columbus Combats have have always been, uh, I guess, an adversary for me because we fought them so hard and have gone so uneven with them um, when I played for Detroit. Like, it would be like, we win, they win. We win, they win, we win, they win. And so I was really shocked because I thought, I thought a lot higher of the Phantoms than to lose to them into such a score. Um, yeah. And in terms of yeah. D3, I'm not really shocked to see the Anarchy back up. Yeah. Yeah, back on that on that Columbus Comets thing, you know, that's uh, the Columbus Comets is who we played uh, when I was coaching the Mustangs several years ago for the championship. So we have a we have a history there too. I was I was interested to see them coming back up into the into the ranks there. Um, yeah, I just playing them they always feel super beatable. Um but they always prevail and I really don't know how. I don't know what it is. Like whether they just come together as a family, they have a super tight bond, they have long standing players. I don't know what it is, but I always underestimate them uh, as a competitor and even, like, looking from the outside in. Yeah. Yep. What about uh, – so you probably never got to play against – Neither I know uh, Strick hasn't yet, but uh, you've never gotten to see the Arkansas Wildcats play. But they're last year's Division Three champion. And uh, coming well, back for another – It seems like they're that? walking right back. Well, so yeah, that's the thing, right? They were the big upset last year because they walked into that championship with 13 players and dominated. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I so, don't think they have very much more this year because I was watching uh, one of their games on film the other day, and, and you could see on their sidelines there was – I think there were like four players on the sidelines. But uh, every, every time they uh, – you know, change possession, anything like that. The four players are coming in, four players are going out. They were rotating those players in and out of that game just as much as they could, it looked like. Right. And that's the thing, like, so I've never played them, and I really don't know a whole lot about them. I haven't watched any of their games or anything like that. But, I mean, that's one way to make a statement. Enter the league, win the D3 championship with three, like, 13 players on your team. It's <laughs> huge like <laughs> I can't even like you have to have a lot of mental fortitude and you have to have like a solid core group of players in order to pull that off and let alone the dedication it takes to pull that off yeah we look back at our season you can look at how many injuries we had and just by percentage wise you know how is it they're able to survive the whole season with no injuries at all you know that's that's crazy well, they did bring back a lot of veteran players, too, did they not? Well, when you say a lot, I mean, probably 13 of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's enough. If you have 13 players with, you know, anywhere from 5 to 15 years' experience each, I mean, you at least don't have to cover your core basics. You just have to cover what you need to beat your opponents. Yeah. And that's that's true. I think they've got a, you know, that core group, just like 
you know, what we're hoping to have, you know, going back into next year is having that core group ready to go and, and uh, you know, building off of that, having the players helping out with other players if they come in as rookies and, you know, kind of teach them the rope. It's a, it's a big part of football and every other, you know, in school football and all those things, it always helps to have that um, you know, building process. Hopefully, hopefully we'll experience some of that same stuff going into next year. Definitely agreed. I think so, we will. So Greg, we were talking about the uh, a little bit about whether or not you were going to play in the All American game. Um, I know you've got some some decisions to make and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I don't know if you mind uh, mind sharing a little bit about that as we're as we're going forward. What's what's the process you got to go through at this point no of course not um i actually have a appointment tomorrow to get a custom brace made for my hand and thumb to see if that'll help set it um they'll probably wait a week maybe after that to schedule surgery and then i might end up having to fix two ligaments and a tendon and I don't know. I don't know how long the recovery process is. I haven't looked too much into it because I don't want to psych myself out too much. But uh, if I end up having surgery, I probably won't play just for the sake of my own recovery. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can yeah. you rehash some of this stuff for me? Can you guys recap for anybody who may ha- not have listened last week and for myself who didn't listen last week? Yeah, so I've just been mostly going to physical therapy because they were hoping it would heal on its own, but so far it really hasn't gone the way they expected. So now we're looking at MRIs and possible surgery. And that's on the hand, Tessa, where she – so, and, you know, to recap that part of it, so earlier in the season, um, I believe was it an interception or fumble recovery that you made, Rick? Fournell, Fournell blocked a kick, and it was the last kick before halftime, and I was trying to take it to the house. Yep. Yep. And she got tackled and came down funny and landed on that hand and uh, ended up uh, apparently fracturing a uh, bone in her hand and proceeded to play the rest. <laughs> There's a dislocation, technically? It's not there a was a dislocation and a, and a fracture. And a fracture, okay. Oh gosh, Strick. Uh, yeah, and when that happened, we—I'll uh, never forget because Strick was like, you know, tape it up. I'll go back in. <laughs> and we're always. We're trying <laughs> to win. What's that? I said we had a game to win. <laughs> it, and it's crazy because you know, the status of women's football and and you know the way that. Uh, some of you approach it is amazing to me, you know, in a situation like that where you have an injury that most people would, you know, basically just fold at that point and walk away. Um, she's ready to go back in the game, that same game. We, and it, it was everything we could do. I had a, you know, we had a doctor basically telling us not to send her back in and we, you know, and so we followed that instruction by the next game. Rick was in our ear saying, I'll put a club on this thing. I'll do whatever I have to do so I can play. <laughs> uh, well, and she did, so. Yeah. It, the last game, I kind of noticed something. I don't know. Um, it was kind of funny. She had an interception in the last game. And uh, I'm sitting here thinking, well, 
Maybe we should have used her on offense. <laughs> I could have done it with the club. I would have handled it. <laughs> we know you would have strike. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's understandable on the on the all American game, of course. Although it's an honor to be named to the all American team. Um, I think if if you should go, if you can go, like just to go, you should go. Because I feel like the All-American game is a completely different experience of women's football all in itself. And you'll make friends from all over the league, and let alone Atlanta's hosting it. And I know, you know, we have some strife with Atlanta because of our game. But – they are going to be awesome hosts for this year's event. As long as nobody mentions breaking my spinal cord, I'm sure it'll be fun. Yeah, that was unacceptable. But I can attest to the fact that um, that was the first year that that coach has been with Atlanta. So I don't know what has happened on their end. Yeah, there's no need. Yeah, we won't go into um, full detail on that other than the fact that uh, – there was a statement made there that we never want to hear in women's football again, hopefully. Um, talking about breaking each other's, you know, breaking our players' uh, spinal cord and all that kind of stuff, whatever. But um, that is uh, all of these women, all of you guys all had to go back to work on Monday and in your various lines of work, or some of you can go back to work on Sunday, for goodness sake. So um, I'd imagine, Tessa, you're pretty much all – Full time, every all day, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think some people don't realize. Like at the end of the day, after the Saturday night game, you know, we all have to go back to being regular, regular people who have a nine to five job or don't have a nine to five job and have a job that works a hundred hours a week or whatever. Um, yep. And so we got to keep that in perspective also while we play. My, I exactly. personally, <laughs> I just have to take care of four children. No big deal. So, which means I have to be able to walk. I have to be able to use my hands and my brain and drive and, uh, you know, keep small walking, people alive. Walking is the hard one. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think I think for the most part, a lot of people in this league understand that and see it. Um, I think it's just tough when, you know, some coaches have coached men this whole time. And men have a different shot, you know. They go to college and they get full ride scholarships to do what they love to do, which is football. Yeah. Um, whereas women, you know, there's only a couple of us, literally a few, who get scholarships to do what we love to do, which is football. Um, and even after college, those men have an opportunity to advance to a higher level and make tons of money to do what they love. Whereas women, you get the chance to advance to keep paying to do what you love. Um, And I think a lot of women and a lot of coaches in our league understand that. But when you're first coming in, you still have that adjustment period where you can't be that intense, even though you didn't mean it or if you did, whatever. But, you know, I just feel like there's a huge adjustment period where um, any male coaches that were coaching boys or men before – um, have to understand that this is a completely different ball game, so to speak. Well, I know That's true, and the girls were. I have nothing to do, and my uh, 
my wife kind of, um, how should I say, said that to me, if you want to put it that way, or, or uh, coached me how to coach women. <laughs> the, uh, the very first week of practice that I had in women's football, we broke out and, and we did uh, workouts that were workouts that I did in, you know, first week of uh, high school camp. And, you know, typically when you come back in high school camp, the guys have been working out going through the summer and, and all that kind of stuff. And they've had football the year before and they've had, you know, all these, all these different things going on. So they get there and they're somewhat, their bodies are somewhat acclimated to what's happening there. It's still a shock to their bodies when they do that. You know, I can remember many days, um, you know, I, I went to military school, so I was walking up to the mess hall, walking up and down the steps of the mess hall with, you know, leg cramps and all that kind of stuff. But um, the first couple of days of workouts that we put the women through, um, my wife walked up to me one day and said, you know, if we don't, if we don't gradually bring them into this, this is going to destroy these ladies. Um, and they're not going to want to come back and play for you. That it, and yeah, she's it right to a good degree. Even the, what's that? I said she's right to a degree because I think there's a lot of women out there who want to work hard and they want to be the best in this sport. Um, But there's only so many hours a day you can dedicate to yourself. And there are so many hours a day you can dedicate to football and et cetera. And there's some people who have that drive who can push themselves. And there's other people who, you know, need to compartmentalize what they're doing per day. And even though you want to be there and you want to be the best and you want to put in the time, you just don't have it available, you know? And I know a lot of women who are in that sort of catch-22, like, we want to do this, but on the other hand, we're also paying to do this, and we also have to dedicate time to do this. And, you know, we can't sacrifice any other part of our life to just do it. And then there's, you know, what's crazy about it is you do have people like, you know, where people like Strickland here who basically sacrificed, you know, or was willing to sacrifice a lot, um, maybe more than most, to be able to go do it. And, uh, you know, for sheer love of the game. I agree on that. I agree on that. Strick's got heart. <laughs> yep. yep. And, so, you know, we had some other players that, you know, that worked through injuries as well. And, uh, you know, I know, Tessa, you were working through some things that, uh, you know, knees and stuff like that that just come with, you know, as being part of the game. And um, I know we had, you know, Rachel King ended up having surgery right after the season, uh, you know, the season ender there. And, uh, you know, she's on the road to recovery and, and working her way back. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that make sacrifices to play the game. I know time-wise we all sacrifice to get out there and practice and and do those things. Uh you know, so it, it, it's, it's interesting to watch as we gradually build up into the physical part of the game. Um, and we'll have a little bit more of that going into Dallas Elite 2019, by the way. Uh, with a longer schedule, we'll be able to gradually build up and get to a, be- a higher level of, of uh, physical practice, I believe. Um, but... Uh, the gradual buildup was needed, and I, I missed that, and that was something that was different between coaching the guys and the girls. Um, 
and there's one other thing that I noticed that, and I had to be kind of, I had to learn. You always have to know the why. You're doing Pat, something. Every male to, coach, every male coach that I have been under has said that. You have <laughs> to know the why, and you have to be ready at any given moment to answer why we have to do X, Y, Z. Because we yep. want to know. We don't just want to do something because you want us to do it. There has to be a point, and we want to know the point so that we can be the best at that point. Yep. Yep. Which, uh, which I can understand. And, that, and if, if, if a uh, coach goes from coaching boys to coaching women and then goes back to coaching the boys, I think they're a better coach for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if more of the of the boys' teams actually understood the why, I think a lot of the I, I know for a fact that a lot of times all I was doing as a player, coach told me to do this. This is what I'm doing. This is my assignment. Um, um, but I if I had understood why, it would have been a different game for me. I can't speak to that because I'm not a boy. But I can definitely yep. see where. Um, that would come into play because if they're already strong and they're not asking why. Um, I feel like when I ask why in practice, once I know the why, I'll go harder to try and achieve that goal. Yeah. You think, Plus you, you can think also kind of use uh, your own skill set to, to get to that why in a different way possibly because we all exactly, come from so many different sure. backgrounds from different sports and whatnot that if you tell us why, sometimes we might be like, well, for me and my body and my sake, if I do it this way, I know I can get to that why, even though it's not the same way. Exactly, exactly. And to touch on a point that you just said a couple of minutes ago, which was the gradual workup in the workout, I think that's so necessary because I feel like there's so many women out there who used to be, Division one athletes or Division two athletes or just athletes in general, um, yep. and they come out thinking that they still have what they had five years ago, and don't. And that was me. You just, yeah, well, you got to work into it. You know, you think that you're still able and all this stuff, but I feel like your body just reacts so differently past a certain age, and a lot of the women in the sport are coming in in their twenties mid-20s, late-20s, and so you have to really work into that. And if you work in with the workouts, then that's a way better chance for your team to go minimal to no injury in a season. Yeah. Yeah, the better shape, we in, better shape we're in, the less likely we are to have as many uh, injuries, although some of our injuries this year were just weird injuries. That's true. We had some unlucky things happen. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. It was just a season of adversity for us, and it'll be a – I think uh, the ones who stay will – and, you know, stay at it going into next year, I think we'll be a different team because of all this, you know. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how that works out. I agree. I agree. So are you, Tess, are you going to the championship game? I am not. Yeah. I thought maybe I just, it's being um, in a test might get out there. 
Well, okay, so I've been to the All-American game before, and I've been to the championship game, and I think it's a great experience. And honestly, with Atlanta being the host this year, I would love to go. Um, yeah. And having friends all over the league, it's kind of like the one time a year you get to see and socialize with all of your friends from other teams. But yeah. I just don't have the availability in my work schedule to take off. Um, I got you to be there the amount of days that I would want to be there. Cause if I go for just one day, I'm not going to feel fulfilled. Um, and so I will just have to hope that world games this year works out. And then I can see all of my friends during that time. So how, so what would have happened had we gone to the championship? Would you have been able to make it to the game? <laughs> well, that's a different story because my, yeah, so my schedule is flexible. Yeah. What? It's a little different in a little different situation then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because then, like, so I work. I don't work for like a typical company. For anybody that's listening and doesn't know my background story, um, I'm an au pair, so I'm similar to a live-in nanny for a family here in Texas. And so my family understands that if I made the championship game, that I made an obligation um, to my team that I would be there for them in that event, that I would be there to compete with y'all like I did all throughout the season, um, et cetera, et cetera. And they signed on for that too. We all agreed on it. But for me to just kind of go for my own personal reasons, one, I feel bad about that. And even though I think they would let me go, um, that's not time that I'm willing to, you know, ask them to give up for me and ask somebody else to take my place for. So if it was – if if we were in the championship, I would do it. And they would totally understand. Honestly, they would probably fly out and um, make a week of it. Yeah. With me. Come out. Um, but just for my own personal reasons, I, I didn't even inquire about taking the time off just because it's not, um, it's not something that I need to do. I want to do it and I'd like to do it, but I know I have responsibilities above that right now. I got you now, Strick. Are you, uh, even though you're not planning to play now, are you planning to go out to uh, watch the championship game or anything? Had you already set up travel to go out, or are you are you mixing that at this point? I had already set everything up to be there, and I was I was definitely going to go no matter what. I even might consider doing the best of the best kicking challenge. That way, I can still stay involved. Yeah. I, know, I know I can use my feet, even though I don't got a hand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That'll be good. Um, it's a good experience. And I'm staying It'll out be... there for four days. You are staying there for four days? Um, yeah. So, like Tessa said, I'm, if I'm going out there, I might as well make use of it because, like she said, this time it's Atlanta, and you never know. I don't know where it's going to be next year or where it's going to be after that when we when we make it there ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting, won't it? <laughs> A whole different year next year. We're looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. We've been doing uh, doing well on the recruiting front. I know uh, we have a lot of uh, good vets that are going to come back next year. And, uh, you know, we as we talked about a little while ago, having them there to help bring this, you know, young group up into the game will be great. Some of those girls that uh, we've been recruiting are – have some significant experience, which is uh, which is interesting. Uh, some people from 
even overseas, um, coming this direction. So that should be interesting. Uh, we have our first tryout September first. Uh, that's going to be a that's going to be a good uh, a good day. Hopefully, we'll get you know a good number of girls out there and and uh, start this thing off right, get it building the right direction. So, um, so Tessa, you explained that you're an au pair at Strict. What what do you do for a living? Have you have you told the the folks what you do? I don't. I think I might have talked about it a little bit last show, but um, I'm actually a gate agent or a ticket agent at the airport at the Dallas Fort Worth airport for American Airlines. Awesome. So, we so that's, that's why. Yeah, it it makes it makes travel a little bit easier for me, which is, I mean, I took the bus as a team bonding experience, considering that I was a rookie and I didn't really know everybody. Um, I wasn't expecting everybody to be asleep as much as they were, but that is okay. I still in, I enjoyed the ride, even though the game didn't go as well as it went. I think it was a good experience for the team and everything else for me personally being on the bus. However, I will personally be using my flight benefits from now on to fly if we have to travel again. <laughs> I know that uh, I, I hardly remember the ride back, honestly. <laughs> that was a, well, you had a little a, bit of a rough time there as we were leaving. So yeah. I don't blame uh, you for not remembering the ride back. I wish I didn't remember the ride back. I know you remember uh, your good news. I do remember that good news. Yeah, that was that was a good uh a good way to come back even though we had lost the game. I was um you know, getting the announcement that I was gonna be a grandpa is a pretty big uh pretty big deal there. That was a good way for them to gave everybody it something to be happy about. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I don't know if you guys heard or not, but now I uh, now I know it's gonna be a grandson, so that'll be cool. Uh oh. <laughs> One of my one of my daughters uh is actually getting married this coming weekend. And uh but it was funny because she said when we were talking about the uh gender reveal, she said, Well, you'll find out today whether you have a football player or a cheerleader and I said, Garland, uh, either way, it's a football player. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Look who you're talking to, you know, we got girls play football too, you know, let's go. So, and I guess guys could be cheerleaders too. So why not? You know, it could go either way. I guess. <laughs> but good. Well, um, so we've got all we've got left now is the championship game and the All American game. So obviously, we have something to talk about as far as who we think will actually pull off the championship on Division One. We have L.A. Versus the Boston Renegades. How do you think that's going to turn out, Tessa? Ah, this is tight because I feel like Boston has been itching to be back in this game ever since, what, 2013? But um, I personally don't know anybody on the L.A. team that I know of. Um, But 
I know a lot of people on Boston, so I'm going to just have to go with Boston to support, you know, the girls that I know on that team and stuff like that. And I feel like they have a very solid core, and they've been a strong team for a long time, and they've been in this position before. Um, so I feel like they will fare very well under the pressure of being in a championship day- game. And um, I just feel like overall they are solid. They're a solid team. Gotcha. Any uh, any thought what you might think the score is? Just knowing how KC played and what you might have, what you might know about Boston. Do you have any go out on the limb, kind of throw a score out there? I don't know. It's not going to be a blowout um, because obviously, if I'm not saying anything about Kansas City, but if Kansas City could hold down LA um, to that, to like kind of like a you know a reasonable football score. Um, then Boston is definitely going to be able to handle L.A. Um, Whereas I don't know a whole lot about L.A. as a team, so I don't really know how they'll fare against Boston, but I know for sure Boston will um, take care of business on their end. Yeah, I got you there. Strick, what do you think? Are you going to predict on that one? I think Boston – is going to end up taking it just based on, like Tessa said, partial, partially because of their hunger, but just their history and experience of, like she said, being in in the playoffs and the bigger games and the championships and and just already being there and having that experience is is very very valuable and and having the hunger of getting there but not actually being able to touch it is is even more invaluable and. I think that'll end up taking it at the end of the day. Like Tessa said, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be less than a 14-point game for sure. But we'll see. Gotcha, gotcha. In the Division Two game, it looks like we have the New York Sharks versus the Minnesota Vixens. And uh, so I know um, I'm sure that, Tessa, you have some knowledge of those teams just from uh, playing up in those areas in the past. Um, the uh, Vixen were a pretty strong team this year, played against Kansas City um, and won against Kansas City in the first matchup, and then Kansas City beat them in the second matchup. Uh, but they always tend to have a pretty solid team up there. They dropped down to Division Two this year. Um, and uh, then New York Sharks have been around for a long time. I know they were playing back. They had been a team for several years when uh, we had a team back in 2009, you know, uh, with the uh, Lone Star Mustang. So any uh, any thoughts on what might happen there, Tessa? So they're both IWFL transfers. This is yeah. their second year for both of them in the WFA. And I think this matchup was a long time coming. Just the IWFL had been so, like, the matchups were so uneven. It just wasn't possible for these two teams to come together in a championship game. But I am actually really interested to see what happens because they're both very strong teams from very different geographical um, areas. And they don't really see any overlapping teams within the season, within their regular season. Uh, 
if I had to make a prediction, I know the Minnesota Vixen are really strong, uh, but just because this is the Sharks' final season as a team, I really hope they take home the ship for D2. So New York Sharks, has, I did not realize that they had announced that. Is that, is that an announcement out there that is? Yes, this uh, is public. This has been known since before this, the, before the season began um, that the New York Sharks were no longer going to be an organization as of the end of the 2018 season. So I really hope that they can take home the ship um, just for that. Whereas the Minnesota Vixens still have time to grow and all that stuff. But the Sharks have been around for so long. Um, And I feel like they have such a solid core and an awesome fan base and awesome supporters. And, you know, I think they deserve to win it. They've worked hard enough. Both teams have worked super hard. With the Sharks this being their final season, I really hope they can pull off the win. Gotcha, gotcha. Drake, would you make a prediction there? I don't know that you've been able to see either team play, but knowing that uh, Minnesota took down the the KC team that we played against and and that uh, in New York Sharks history, what do you think there? Yeah, all I got to see is um, I did see some of the Vixen on the, the film against Kansas City, but like, like you said, <laughs> that was the first game that, that they won. The first thing I remember noting is how many people they had. Um, if it ends up coming down to to numbers, then they have that advantage. But like Tessa said, the heart advantage is definitely on New York's side if this is their final season and it's it's been this many years. And they do have that advantage and could end up coming to fruition at at the end of the day. Yeah. And it is interesting, you know, you bring up a good point there. Minnesota, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, their roster is up around 50 players. Um, you know, they have a they have quite a solid roster. I don't know if they had already dropped down to D2 before they uh, <laughs> built that big of a roster or what the deal is, but um, that's interesting because roster size has a lot to do with what division you're in. Uh, I think size, I think. I was going to say, I think it was a mistake for them to drop down to D2 because I feel like they're competitive enough to stay in D1. Yeah. If they beat Kansas City, I'm sure they could have stayed up and, and still gave them some good competition at the, at the very least. Yep. I think it's just being yep. shaky uh, coming from the IWFL and still trying to establish yourself in the WFA when, um, you know, coming from Midwest or Western – States, you know that the East Coast is very strong, and so I think that um, gives some teams stage fright just coming in. You want to establish yourself in D2 first and then move up from there instead of establishing yourself in D1. Yeah. There's also for those teams like that that are in Division 2 because a lot of the teams that are around them in Minnesota are Division 2 or 3 and not uh, not playing up to Division 1. Uh, you know, Minnesota played against Kansas City as a Division One team, but other than that, their schedule was pretty full of Division Two teams, I believe. Uh, so, uh, going for a championship in the division you're actually playing against teams in, there is something to be said for that as well, I guess. Definitely agree. You know, one thing about it is, you know, technically by our team size, by the end of the season, we were uh, as 
far as sheer player count, we were a D3 team. So you look at Austin and Houston, they went off to play, uh, they went and, you know, into the Division Three playoffs uh, with uh, a couple more players than we had. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Technically by that standard, yes. But by our, like, longstanding, how long yep. it's been a team, we wouldn't qualify. Exactly. Exactly. So it's. It's an interesting, it's an interesting deal when you start talking about the tier. That's a whole different, that's a whole different radio show, I bet. Definitely, um, definitely. <laughs> so the the last game to talk about on there, obviously, well, there is one other one. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Orlando Anarchy versus the Arkansas Wildcats. You think Arkansas Wildcats with their 15 players can pull it off again? I, I, I personally think they have the heart. They have the. Uh, have the core group of people there that know how to win. I think it's going to be tough to beat them personally. I'm proud of them for that. That's that's outstanding. I what mean, do you think? I that's agree with you. I agree with you, and I think it is shocking that they come into this championship um, surviving with as many players as some teams like cringe upon. But <laughs> I feel like um, the Arkansas Wildcats are a little bit of an older and more experienced team. Um, They know what it takes to win. They've been here before, and they've pulled it off before. But the Orlando Anarchy is young, they're hungry, and they've been through the adversity. And through the adversity, they've kept the same solid core, plus added some imports that are crucial to their team being successful this season. And so I think this one is probably going to be one of the more interesting games that I've watched just because, you know, the Sharks and the Vixen were in the IWFL together. Um, Boston and L.A. have been here together. Um, But Arkansas is new. Orlando is new on a whole different level because Arkansas is, like, resurrected, whereas Orlando is, like, brand-new baby soft. But they both have the heart and the desire to win. So I think this one's a tough one to call just because Arkansas, they both have the heart and they both have totally like the adversity backing that will fuel them through this championship. I really don't even know which one I want to call for this. Like just for, uh, I guess, home league's sake, I will go with the anarchy. Um, but I'm going to say it's going to be a really close game. It's going to be a fight. Yep. Yep, I hope it is. That's that's what makes good championship games, right? (laughs) What do you think? Definitely. Who are you going to go with on that one? I don't know a whole lot about both teams, but just looking at the scores, it seems like it might be Arkansas, but – like you said, at the end of the day, it's football, and you really never know what, what team will show up. Yeah, an interesting fact for both of you, so I don't know um, if you kept up with it, but uh, Arkansas played Austin um, in the playoffs and uh, beat them relatively handily. And you know uh, Austin's team, and uh, – you know, we know they were. They, we know they had some bruisers on that team, right? Yeah. Uh, 
but, but apparently I made it out without any injuries or anything else and, and made a heck of a game out of that for him. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't had the experience playing a lot of those East teams uh, the way the the way the league is set up. Obviously, for travel purposes, we probably won't see yeah. a lot of them until championship games. So that's that's okay by me. <laughs> yeah, championship Thanks. weekend will give okay. give me a chance to learn some more though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You'll meet a. You'll see a lot of players there, and a lot of different styles of uh, of players, and, and uh, different style of football, and all that. It's it's an interesting environment. Uh, the one Definitely. other game that we are going to talk about is the All American game, and uh, the reason the reason I say that is that uh, you know obviously we have a you know American Conference versus National Conference. Uh, obviously, both sides of the of the league uh, end up having uh, the best of the best on each side go play those games. And, uh, you know, we're looking at a strong possibility um, that, uh, you know, we're hearing people like Strickland not going to play in some of that. But outside of that, who do you think has stronger conference? Uh, Do you think the – National Conference will uh, win the game, or you think the American Conference can pull it off? That's well, what are you thinking? The National Conference has never lost, so <laughs> uh, and I have to say, I know a lot more of the girls on the National Conference team uh, played on it in 2016 when we, you know, took it home from the American Conference. I mean, y'all have some great individuals. Um, but the East Coast is way stronger um, in terms of the All-American team, for sure. Um, the National Conference is going to take it home. I'm sorry. I know I'm a rookie to the American Conference, but the National Conference is where it's at. They're going to take it home like they have every other year previous. I got it. I got it. Rick, what do you think? you going to – you gonna uh, side with Tess on that? You think the National Conference is gonna pull it, or you think American Conference pull it off? I'm I'm feeling a little salty now, and now I kind of might put a club on anyways, just just to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might come out in that in that uh, exchange. <laughs> Strickland's just well, now, a little no- bit competitive. Now, now that I know that, I'm, I'm gonna make sure I, I find a way to to play myself back onto that team just so I can can change that. Straight, sit <laughs> down and put your put your brace on and call it a day. Nah, I'm I'm gonna hype everybody up and and we I'm I'm gonna make sure the American Conference gets it done before I retire. There you go, there you go. That's the way to do it. Now we have a uh, our uh, quarterback is uh, going to get a shot to play in the American Conference side there. And uh that'll be interesting. I understand she's been she's been working out pretty heavily up there at uh at D1. That's Yep. That's a good uh good way to stay healthy in the off season. Uh you know, working on football in the off season, isn't it? Yes, now, definitely. I, been, have... I was just going to say I I had talked to Gore and she's definitely been putting in a lot of work at D1 and 
she said they're kicking her butt, but in a good way. So I know she's yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, that's that's great to hear that. I do have to say, though, that maybe my opinion is a bit skewed because when I played on the national team, you know, Gore was my quarterback, and Fornell had also made the national team. We were not uh, American Conference players, and by no means am I saying that, you know, they or we are game changers, but that is a big shift in heavy players that were um, impacting the national conference in a big way. And now they are on the American conference side. So I guess that could be interesting if they were to play in the game. I gotcha. That, um, that is true. That's, uh, that's a couple pretty big players there. And, uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of good players on both sides. There's no doubt about it. It'll be uh, a lot of the All-American game has to do with how fast can a and how simple can the coaches keep the system that they're installing for this one game. And basically, it, the coaches send out an a little bit of I'm sure is how simple can they keep that system so that everybody works together. Um, having had maybe one or two practices together and, uh, you know, minimal reps and then get out on that field and play pretty good game in a, what's that going to be, about 100-degree heat and uh, and a little bit, maybe it's a little humid, you think? But uh, a lot of it has to do as far as who wins that game not only the athletes, but the system that's put in place. Definitely got that Before, correct? I'm sorry? Say that again? In the All-American Games before, correct? Yeah, I played in the 2016 game. Yeah, 2016? Yep. So, did you get a, did you get a playbook in advance? Of the All-American game? and No. Typically, you get one, uh, one and a half kind of practices um, yeah. because it's, we don't want to go all out. Like, they eliminate all the special teams just because that's one yep. of your more, um, you know, risky, injury-prone uh, parts of the game. <laughs> and uh, so they eliminate that part, and then you get to practice um, – both on the national side and the American side, one full practice, and then you get a half just before the game uh, where you reinforce. But they basically go with something that everybody's seen before. Um, basic defenses, um, because no nobody wants to get hurt. Nobody wants to see a bloodbath here. We just want to showcase that, you know, we have great players and we can make it happen, and it's a good time. And everybody respects everybody for that. I think, yeah. for the most part. Yeah, above all in this game, above all, everybody needs to go home healthy. There's no doubt about that. Right, right. There. So, so you didn't get a you didn't get a playbook beforehand. Was but when you did get the play that they were going to run, was it relatively simple? Yeah. So we were going with basic defenses. Um, you weren't getting a playbook beforehand, but you would show up to practice at 9 a.m. 
um, a couple days before the All-American game, everybody would show up, and you would just practice as a whole. The coaches would establish what they wanted and what they expected of you. Um, You would get your rotation schedule. So um, I know they say it's only first first team that plays, um, but really everybody plays because everybody needs a break and everybody wants to be showcased. And I think there's a lot more talent than just the first team uh, in this league. And so everybody just wants a shot to be out there and have their moment to shine. So you get a rotation schedule. Everybody's on the same page. And it's really easy. It's really simple. You just have a good time. Like, yeah, it's intense. And, yeah, you want to win. But for the most part, everybody has a great time. And everybody's looking forward to just joining together afterwards and celebrating the season and watching, you know, who's going to take home the D1, D2, and D3 championships. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting to see. I, um, you know, I know it's kind of the same concept uh, on something like this when you're playing a tournament style, uh, where everything's kind of abbreviated, uh, and uh, it's hard to get people from so many different teams, so many different systems on the same page for for one game and one practice, but. That being said, they all, most of those girls that are on those teams know enough about football at that point that they've made All-American that you can plug them in and just about any system and, and make something happen with it, you know, let them, let them show that athleticism. Right. And I think even if they don't know, because I think I've known a lot of rookies um, to make the All-American team in their first season, but those girls that are rookies and make the All-American team are very much like super coachable um, and super willing to adjust and adapt to any coaching style. And so that is mainly what makes it work is that if you're super coachable or you've been around the league for a bit and you're experienced and you know what to expect going in, then everything works really cohesively. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you're not going to be able to uh, play in the game this year. Um, I know that you were looking forward to that. And I know that, uh, like you said, you're going to be ready to, you know, ready to go in future in future seasons. And, uh, you know, Tessa, you, you're probably going to get that chance again next year, I'm sure, if, if you play the way I know you can play. Uh, and we have the season we hope to have down there. We'll be actually playing in the championship instead of the All-American game. But uh, that'll be, that'll be uh, decided – with a lot of hard fought contests next year, I'm sure. The only way you want to keep from playing in the All American game is by uh, being in the championship game, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Good deal. We're getting close to the end of the show here. We've got about two minutes left to go, maybe a minute and a half. Good. Either one of you have anything, uh, maybe a shout-out to one of the other teams or uh, maybe something you wanted to say to uh, future Dallas elite that might be listening to the show? I mean, all these teams coming into the championship within the coming week, um, you know, I'm really rooting for the New York Sharks. Um, I'm really rooting for D.C. to pull their comeback um, with their new established kind of rookie-ish team 
Um, and all the future Dallas Elite players, I hope y'all come out soon. We got tryouts lined up coming up within the next month or two, um, and we need y'all on board so that we can get these workouts started. We can get y'all in conditioning. We can get football one-on-one going so that we can come back and win this championship. Absolutely, absolutely. Straight, got any last words? Definitely, first of all, to anybody who's thinking about playing, you should at, at least come out and, and come try it out and see how you feel about it because it was way more fun than I thought it was going to be, and you never know. It could be it could be a spark that you might need. Um, to all the rest of the team, as Tessa said, good luck to everybody. I hope everybody stays safe and injury-free, number one. Um, I do got to kind of shout out the Cali team. I ain't going to lie. I am, I, am, I am a Cali girl at heart, so if L.A. pulls it off, Ooh. I ain't going to be upset. So, I gotcha. I gotcha. All right, ladies. Well, I sure appreciate you all uh, coming on the show tonight and uh, and hosting it with me, and and uh, look forward to hopefully everything goes well with your surgery there, Strick. Let's keep us informed, and hope everybody enjoys the championship game, and and uh, we'll start getting ready for next year. All right. Definitely. And Strick, I hope you don't have to have surgery. Thanks. I if, so. if I do, I'll let you guys know. If not, I mean, it is what it is, and it's only up from here. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, you all have a good night. Good night, and uh, I'll just say that's the last of here. Be elite. Definitely be elite. Be elite. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 